Good day. Welcome here to Sports Stars. It's time for Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, and this is the show that looks at all the action in the big ball, previews, reviews, and all the news. Of course, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kendlin. And first, Neve, how are you? Great, Darren. Not too bad. Enjoying the sun. It is with fantastic weather as well. It's difficult enough at times with no shade, but of course, we'll take it because it doesn't come around too often. We definitely will. Yeah, it is. It, I suppose that's the, the downside of having, a, of having the good weather in this country. When you normally get it, you're in a different country and you're enjoying your holidays and you can jump in a pool or have a cocktail whenever you feel like it. But unfortunately, when you're trying to work in it, it's a bit difficult, but we won't complain. No, certainly not. Being football fans, we don't get time for much cocktails during the summer, but hopefully in the winter, that'll change. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to hear from the Antrim football manager, Emma Kelly. They're back to winning ways after a shock defeat in the opening round. But beforehand, we'd like hearing sports stars to express our sympathy and condolences to the family and friends of Brendan O'Duffie, young Monaghan under-20 football captain, led his team to an Ulster final on Friday night, but tragically was killed on the way home. And it doesn't matter whether you're male or female support the big ball or the small ball we're all a Gilly Games family here and our thoughts and prayers Neve, no doubt a young player that you would have been very familiar with being from Monaghan as well like uh, I can only imagine well, what's going through the football fraternity in Monaghan both ladies and men Yeah absolutely Darren um, uh, an awful shock to the whole the whole, obviously the family of course first and foremost but to the, the, the panel of players that he played along with that evening and to the the whole wider community as well and, and the wider community in the country as well. And yeah, very sad. Um, you know, we got the word early, early Saturday morning and, um, you know, obviously we, we've been with the under 16 girls in, in the county and we had played Friday evening and a good win over Cavan. And like them, they had a great win. And we were kind of, after our game was over, we were discussing that the good win the under 20s had over Donegal and at one stage had been down and had come back into it. And, and had a great win and um, looking forward to their Ulster final. So, you know, very, very tragic and, and very and an awful loss to the, um, obviously to his family and to to the Modern Harps Club and to the under 20 panel. And it really is an awful, um, an awful blow to the whole, the whole uh, uh, parish and county. Our thoughts and prayers are with everybody with the squad as well as the family and friends as I mentioned Brendan yes Jair Anamusa may he rest in peace it puts everything in perspective but we will continue to talk about football and Neve. as it turns out we're going to talk about Monaghan first like a shootout defeat for the second competition in a row has seen the Fernie women's season come to an end Yeah very disappointing Darren um, you know the second competition to to lose out to, to a shootout and um yeah, I mean, definitely it was an improved performance from Monaghan, um, uh, you know, against the Mayo side that obviously had a big win the, the previous week. And um, a funny sort of a game, you know, wasn't very high scoring, um, 12 points apiece, put it to, to the extra time. And, uh, it, it, you know, it was a, a lot of mistakes, a lot of um, mistakes on both sides um, and a lot of chances missed. Um, some good defending, but some some poor um, shot choices from both sides. And, you know, as he said, it ended up going to extra time and it was still a draw and back to those dreaded kicks. And, you know, I spoke on the show a couple of weeks ago about, you know, I, I don't know if it's the best option and maybe I'm maybe I'm biased at the fact that Monaghan have, have lost out again in that situation. But I do feel it's it, it's not really the answer. I don't know if, you know, I talked about the potential golden goal or golden score. Um, maybe this could be could there be some other option, but it's an awful, um, an awful hard blow. And, you know, 10 shots, uh, taken and only one scored in, in the whole 10 shots and you know a hard blow from on him 
We were talking even just last week as had Monaghan recovered from the Kerry defeat in the league semi-final. And look, whatever the situation regards a knockout match, I said it last week, while you get great stories like the Longford story that we enjoyed last week, you know, I don't believe round-robbing games should be going to extra time anyway. At least the point would have kept Monaghan, give Monaghan an outside chance as well. But this is going to be difficult to bounce back from for Monaghan because they had such a positive championship last year. Um, coming so close to making the North Ireland semi-finals. Now they're one of the two te- first two teams to be knocked out this year after coming so close. And, you know, that's going to... Kieran Murphy and his team, hopefully they will be staying on, will have an awful lot of work to do to build these players up for 2022. Yeah, they will. And, and I mean, I suppose nobody nobody really knows what, what 2022 will bring. You know, I know there's, you know, some of the older members of the panel are getting married um, towards the end of the year and, and, and at the beginning of next year. So, we, you know, I don't know what their plans are if they're going to give it another lash next year. So you really don't know, you know, I suppose no one knows really in any in any county, what in any given year, what, what girls are going to commit to for the next year or what management team. But yeah, a tough blow. I mean, a very positive year last year and you know, a relatively good run in the league and, you know, um, this year. And we haven't been getting sort of, um, you know, complete performances. We've had, Passages of good good games we've played well and then you know very very good. I mean you saw them against Tyrone that day and they looked unbelievable that day. But I suppose you'd have to question the opposition now at where Tyrone's at, and just very disappointing that um, that, it, that it's gone out this way again. And, and you know they'll have to get it very hard with a seven day turnaround again to try and lift themselves for a Cavan game, a must win Cavan game. Yes, and of course they're trying to avoid relegation playoffs as well. We'll talk about Cavan in a few moments. We'll spend some time with that. Quick word on Mayo, Shauna Howley. What a championship she's having. And of course, she's the player that got the winning free kick. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, a young player and is really has, we've we've listened to her name during the league as well. And I mean, she's popped up again and, you know, sort of a young head on or an old head on young shoulders. She's very, very calm and collective and taking the free and, and, you know, no problem popped it over and, and was involved in loads of good stuff that happened during the, the course of the match as well. And um, yeah, definitely um, a, a one to watch for, for Mayo. So it's officially two wins for Mayo. They have qualified for the All-Ireland quarterfinals. They play our man next weekend as well. And the winner of that game will play the runners-up of Group 2 and the losers will play Galway. And let's go to Galway. We didn't see this coming. And at halftime in Markovic Park last Saturday, we didn't see this coming. Three goals in two minutes. All of a sudden, Galway have got their groove back and Donegal are questioning themselves. Yeah, God, this was a really, a really, uh, this was a game of two halves in a sense. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like early on, Galway, it, was, it seemed to be all Donegal. Galway were, I said, well, if you could call it lethargic and stuff. I think Nicola Ward had a good game all through playing that sort of sweeper role and it really suited her. And she definitely got on a lot of ball, um, as did Olivia Dively. But it just didn't seem to be firing all cylinders by any means. And whatever was said by Jerry Fahey at half time, they came out a completely different team in the second half. And three goals in two minutes, as you said, just totally turned the game on its head. And I think Donegal were a little bit shell-shocked for, for a long period. They only started coming back again or got settled into the game again late in the, into the second half. Yeah, and like for Galway too, like Kitty Hearn got the goal at the start of the half as well. And and again, we've questioned the times whether Galway know their best team or like, you know, can they already up the fight? And funny enough, the, the irony is that Cherry Fry is not make, afraid to make the changes. Ailish Morrissey, another young player, just to give a mention to as well, she got two goals, but they did the opposite of what they did against Kerry and it worked again. And they took Donegal on and two minutes into the second half, it was 3 4 to 1 6, and Donegal didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it really was. And I mean, you know, it, it would have been. I say Maxi Corn would have been definitely the happier of the of the two managers at halftime, and you know his team looked. You know they weren't 
by any means a, a complete performance, but they're definitely getting the scores. I, I thought, I suppose, by, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the two players we mentioned a lot when we mentioned Danny Gall, but I, I thought Karen Guthrie, by her standards, had a quiet match. Um, Sean and Malloy of Galway had the job of Mark and Jerry McLaughlin, and she certainly was tight on her at all times. Jerry didn't get away on a few occasions, but, you know, I suppose you, you have to um, compliment Galway even though they weren't playing well, but by half time they still weren't dead and buried by any means. And you know, as I've already said, we've said you know that, that the turnaround after half time was was just a real game changer. We saw Galway win two games by a point last year, and you know we we were wondering would they be up for the challenge? Yes, to who all happened with the semi final, but they were still clearly second best against Cork. But a moment like this could really like revitalise this team because Galway, outside the top two, have probably been the most consistent team in the country, and in, in the last couple of years, even if we we've never fully believed yet that they're ready to make the next step up. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Like, and we we've certainly questioned them on this show over the last couple of weeks. And you know, we haven't seen, you know, a real complete performance and left teams back into it and you know, or they're slow to start. So I, you know, that obviously still was the case, but thankfully for them, I suppose a, a couple of players did play, you know, started the game at a, a good enough pace and, and I mean certainly uh, you know, kept Donegal at bay early on and, and let them make sure they didn't get out of out of out of sight because I really felt that if if Donegal did get out of sight and had a few chances missed um in the first half, if they had, you know, I I think the goal would have maybe potentially crumbled. But they kept them within touching distance and once they got them goals, there was no chance of um Donegal come back in. But all bet Donegal did put pressure on towards the end and they hit the crossbar and there was a couple of chances that, you know, got blocked by um I think it was Megan Glynn came back and took a block from Karen Guthrie at different stages. So there was a lot of um, work rate across the field from Galway, which is great to see, especially in the forward line was coming back tracking. And, and that's really, a really good to see. Galway are group winners of Group 4. They'll play Armagh or Mayo, the losers of that game next week as well. One of those three teams are going to be in an All-Ireland semi-final. Let's rattle through the top two. Emer Scally 2-5, Cy Valeri, two goals. Anya and Duran O'Sullivan back scoring goals. We knew we expected Cork to win. Uh, Cork definitely won against Tipperary. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, yeah, you know, lots of positives. Uh, you know, uh, like Duran O'Sullivan back, great to see her back in and and... You know, you, you could see she's a little bit off the pace, but for, for her to get 15 minutes under her belt is a, is a big boost for Cork and into the knockout stages. I talked before about this, you know, obviously did this without Orla Finn. We must remember I'm um, still injured and, you know, for their sake, I hope she's back by the next game. But Emer Scally and Saib O'Leary is, I mean, we talk about Jerry McLaughlin and Karen Guthrie, but these are a different type of, of a full forward line. And they're really, um, they're pacey and they're, you know, they can kick with both feet and Tipperary really struggle to keep them under, under, under wraps. We'll be talking more about Tipperary in the second half of the show. Dublin against Waterford. We keep building up this Waterford team, but the second time this year they've been blown away by Dublin. Quivo O'Connor the star with two goals, but a host of other stars also getting on the score sheet. Well, I suppose it was it was business as usual for, for Dublin. Um, you know, definitely Waterford early on were within touching distance. You know, it was I think it was one two at one stage um, a piece. But once they, um, Dublin got their groove started and, and got into the game, there was no looking back. Um, Keep O'Connor's goal. Jennifer Dunn back again with another trademark goal. And, you know, across the board, they were, you know, they were, and again, they ran the, the, the changes with Carla Rowe and, and different players coming on. And um, it definitely looked, unfortunately, Waterford put Waterford out of sight very early on. 
Cork beat Tipperary 6-14 to 110. Dublin beat Waterford 6-12 to 110. Both Cork and Dublin, winners of groups two and three respectively, as we suggested. And no doubt we'll be talking plenty about them in the next week or two. Let's go to the game that was live on TV on Saturday night. Armagh against Cavan. Armagh getting the job done 3-18 to 3-10. They won it. Cavan, while disappointed to be out of the championship, will look back as, at it probably in a positive mind, regardless of what happens, providing they maintain their senior status, of course, because compared to their results last year, they were competitive in both their games, even if they never looked like winning them. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's true. And I mean, in, in fairness to them, um, you know, after their, the, this was the heaviest defeat or disappointment, well, not a heavy defeat, but a disappointing defeat to Mayo last week, they certainly regrouped this week and you know, put up a very good performance against Armagh and I suppose an Armagh team that had coming off the back of a big win over Monaghan. So yeah, definitely did, you know, eight points being the difference, but they, they left, they, they kept the pressure on Armagh till the very end and, and left Armagh, you know, looking to make sure they scored every score and, and, and keeping the, keep the pressure on them to, to finish the game strong. David Jamin Ashin Sheridan, I thought she was absolutely tremendous, setting up scores, getting a few of the bullets of a goal she got in the first half as well, put them back into it. We have commented before they're coming off the back of a Division Two campaign, like you know, and I know Armagh were Division Two as well, and Cavan beat Armagh in the league, but we know Armagh's credentials from last year. By this time next year, if they maintain senior status and keep putting respectable league performances as well, some of these players can catch up, and they've reason to believe that they can get a bit more competitive next year. Yeah, definitely so. And, and I think like for Cavan, you know, Cavan have a relatively young team and, you know, there's a lot of girls, you know, I've I seen the, the minor girls, there's a lot of girls coming in off the back of, a, you know, minor Ulster successes over the last number of years. And, you know, they, they have a relatively young team, maybe a little bit different. They've got blood in a lot of younger players this year, you know, and maybe that makes them a wee bit different than Monaghan for that reason, um, that reason, because they have, you know, they've got a chance to play in, in, in all the Division 2 games and, play competitive games and then, you know, do well enough in the senior championship. So that'll set them up for next year. And as you said, if they can keep the senior status, obviously I, I'm hoping for Monaghan win next week for, for Monaghan's sake um, and not have to go down to the wire to, to be in a relegation playoff. But it'll certainly be a, a clinker of a match next week between the two sides. Oh, certainly will be as well. There's an entertaining league match too as well and that takes place at the weekend. If Armagh are going to make it to Crow Park, Neve, they're going to entertain us. They like to play football. They like to attack. Even their half-back line attacks, uh, they leave themselves vulnerable at times, but they're they're going to take teams on. That's the way they're going to play. Yeah, they, they, they are actually all out attack, Armagh. And, you know, I, I suppose it, it's, it's, it's great football to watch. And I mean, like, you know, nobody, I suppose over the last number of years in, in men's and ladies' football, there's a lot of, you know, very defensive games and, and a lot of, and it's it's not pretty to watch, but in fairness, Dharma, they're lovely to watch and they're very attack-minded and, um, you know, they're half, they're all three of the half-back line um, attacked, attack and can get scores. And then you've just the the evergreen um, Caroline O'Hanlon that will pop up in every game just in the right spot to bang in a goal or, you know, to set someone up for a goal. And I mean, you know, it's she's probably got the, a different role than she's had over the years in that, you know, she she's sort of playing this role where she can play anywhere. She's not as much pressure on her and she can just pop up and she can kind of reserve her energy when she needs that, but pop up in these vital stages and, you know, a little hand pass here or a little, you know, she's just got obviously um, such experience too that she knows when when to slow the game down or not. So, you know, definitely Arma will be a team to watch. And I suppose we we did predict 
in that group that it'll be our man Mayo and we certainly are it'll just be depending on who um, who tops <laughs> that's our little old personal rivalry next week as yeah. well with the, the Arman Mayo match uh, Amy Mackin got uh, player of the match uh, from TG Carr she got 10 points and some of them are beautiful scores had a few poor efforts as well but like that's the the, the bar that we set Amy Mackin at but like I thought Caroline O'Hanlon did very very well Fanula McKenna worked for hard got three points from play too and even as we talked about the halfbacks like if you look at the stats you'd say Lauren McConville geez what a dreadful game she could, her marker got one two off her but Lauren McConville set up an awful lot of attacks an awful lot of scores and I thought was tremendous as well storming up the field that, that's the thing and she did similar against Monaghan too you know she didn't actually score and then like you know the, the contrast to that Ellen McCarran scored you know a couple of points from player from Monaghan but my god she was involved in, in anything any forward attack minded that scores that Armagh got that, that that day against Mon and again last week against against Cavan. So she has that you'd worry for them maybe going into the into the knockout stages um you know to have for her to be doing that and leaving leaving the likes of Kiro Sullivan for example or leaving Lindsay Davy or leaving Carla Rowe or someone like that up the other side of the field on, on her own. Um, so maybe they'll have to look into that. But certainly she she um was not afraid to attack. No, she's not as well, which will be interesting to see, even taking that point as well. Uh, with Mayo, who have played with a bit of a structure at the moment, it'll be interesting to see the dynamics. I know we're not featuring that game in the second half of the show because they're both qualified, but that will be an interesting watch, exactly how our mad deal with Mayo, because they're getting a free test against a team that have a bit of structure. That is, and I mean, it's a perfect perfect situ- um, fair, perfect opportunity for them to, to, to test themselves out and maybe have... A, a slightly different game plan. I suppose that's been the situation. You know, I mentioned this, Kieran Murphy mentioned it last week about the, you know the Mahan Cavins and Armagh. They're probably sick to the teeth of playing each other, and I'm sure Armagh will delighted the opportunity to play Mayo, um, even for a bit of freshness and to see what what the other teams are doing. Um, so they'll they'll really and 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 maybe with nothing to lose. The winners of that game will top Group 1, will take on the runners-up of Group 2. And as mentioned already, the losers will take on Galway in the quarterfinals. Uh, intermediate, very quickly, Eve. I don't know how we're going to get through this in a question or two, but the intermediate's the gift that keeps on giving. Leitrim first, big story of the week. Beating Clare as well, have top Group 2. And of course, down as well, uh, two-point victory against Loud. They top Group 4. Well, we certainly didn't predict that. Um, we we had poor Leitrim um, down in the Dorals, um for for the in our group. So yeah, Leitrim have really have really um, put a, a a perk back in their step after their Division Four loss. And you know, I feared for them that day. Um, you know, I feared for them to try and lift themselves back after that loss to, to Loud in the league. And they really have come back. And and that was a super win last week. And it'll be a great boost for the county. Will be indeed. Leash beat Kildare by four points. Kildare won their first game by four points of an even scoring difference. We said we said this group will be tied across. Come and beat Leash by four points next week. I don't know what they're going to do. Great win for Leash. And also Wexford, two wins out two, a one-point victory over Longford. Westmead get over the line against Sligo. Now you and me had given Westmead the All-Ireland a couple of weeks ago, but I was just working it out before we started recording. Westmead have to beat Wexford by seven points next week to be guaranteed qualifying for the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, I actually was at that the, the Westmead Sligo game in Mullahorn at the weekend and I spoke to some of the Westmead management after and, and they were just telling me that actually that they're, they're they have a big match next week and uh, yeah, God, Westmead and I've seen them the last two weeks and the manager Sean Finnegan certainly reamed in the changes from the previous week against Longford. He 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 didn't start Fiona Claffey um, last week and he, Jenny, he just started Fiona Claffey, Jenny Rogers. He's a different, totally different team out this week. Um, 
And, you know, for long periods, it looked like Sligo had it, to be honest. And um, they looked far more the composed team and looked just, I suppose, at the end when there were three points up. Um, and, you know, obviously, again, Westmead was looking for that goal to put put them back into the game. Uh, Sligo had chances and they just didn't take them, unfortunately, and got done for over carrying and kicked a few into the keeper's hands and did a few silly things. And it ended up, the um, Westmead went down and got the, the goal to put them back into the game and then two... Um, Two security points, but certainly if they want to, at the way Wexford's going with their with their win so far, and um, they'll have a big match next week to get over Wexford. And they will do indeed. Like Wexford, Longford, Westmead, even Sligo as well. You know, results can give them a door as well. That group is going to be very interesting. But Westmead would be the story next week if they got knocked out of the championship, junior championship. Quickly, this is getting equally exciting as well. Four teams all with one win. Nobody's lost two games. Limerick get over the line against Derry by a point, and Antrim wait till extra time to turn it on in twenty twenty one. Yeah, Antrim uh, finally got their win, and I, you know, we were were blowing them up a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, I suppose after the, the disappointment for them, I'm sure by themselves in their own camp, the disappointment of losing to um, Derry the previous week, they really needed a big game, and you know, uh, surprisingly so, went to extra time, and and they really turned it on in the extra time, and 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 won the game by a big margin. So yeah, they'd be delighted to get back on winning tracks, and I'm sure the management team is is very happy with that. Wicklow as well is coming to the mix. Antrim against Limerick next week will be an interesting match. Now, during the week, I got a chance to catch up with the Antrim football manager, Emma Kelly. We talked about the defeat to Derry in the opening round. I talked about making hard work of it against Carlo in the game and then the five goals they hit in extra time. And we'll hear from Emma Kelly after the break. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by the Antrim senior football manager, Emma Kelly. And Emma, certainly if your team needed a response, it might have taken a bit of time, but a great finish, a great result last Sunday in Dunmere. And Antrim are now finally up and running in the 2021 Championship. Yeah, um, it was very disappointing against Derry. We, we didn't perform. I don't know if it was a bit of complacency or, or whatever had hit into the girls that after we'd already beaten them twice um, in the month or so before it. But Against Carlo, um, again, we started off well. We, we seemed to start off well, and then the water break, I don't know if what hits us in the water break, we seemed to go to sleep, and then Carlo came back into it. And um, we, I think we were lucky enough to, to bring it to extra time. We were two points down with five minutes to go, but the girls stepped up. They reacted. We, we found a couple of the, the younger girls that we brought on as subs, Juna Coleman and Caitlin Tiger come on and, and changed the game for us. And then when, once we went to extra time, you'd nearly think that our girls then woke up and went at it. And the scoring in the first 10 minutes of extra time, we were sitting going, seriously, you just put us through hell on the sideline and you just turn around and do that. Could you not have done that in the in the normal normal time? So that it was over and done with. But um, proud of them. Uh, they showed great mental strength and character just to pull back them two points to get us to extra time. As I said, a lot of girls stepped up. Against Derry, we we didn't have anybody stepping up. Um, Kathy Carey was been double marked, treble marked in the Derry game, and you can't always rely on the same players. It was up to others to show their leadership. And against Carlo, everybody did. It's, it's great to see, um, especially like Mary Mitchell come on in the second half of extra time, and that was her debut for the seniors. She's still in the minors. We had four of the minors all got game time. Um, Teresa Mellon was brilliant. 
she went down with cramp then and we got her off and it was another minor replaced her. Ellie Murphy came on and did brilliant as well. But Juna Coleman, her work rate, you, you just tell some of them minors, just run, get up and down and get up and down. And they just look and you go, yep, dead on. It was brilliant to see. But again, just just proud of the girls and, and what they, they performed at. But again, we can't wait so long to, to react and, and pull it out of the bag. We need to start playing 60 minutes. Um, we've never got a full 60 out of them yet, and that's what we're aiming for. But well, I suppose this extra time period is the potential, and I use potential very particularly to maybe uh, turn around Antrim's fortunes like regards championship-wise, because, you, of course, you had the Ulster success beforehand as well. But you mentioned Teresa Mellon too, and uh, she was one of three changes you brought into the team, but stepped up at a very, very important point at the end. Caitlin Taggart was on as well, because uh, you were facing down the barrel of the gun as such. Carlo were two points up, and while you wouldn't have been out of the championship, it would have been very, very difficult to come back if those two players hadn't stepped up and Forced the extra twenty minutes. Exactly, Teresa's the um, Teresa missed the dairy game. Her granddad had passed away, and the funeral wasn't the day of the dairy game, so she was a big loss to us. And um, she's a minor captain, and we've been watching the games. And she's she's just a workhorse. She will run all day for you. And even when she went down for cramp, she tries to get up. She's afraid if she comes off, she'll not get another chance. And you're just going. <laughs> That's the way to seriously, Teresa. <laughs> seriously, but. It's that Caitlin, we didn't start her because her and her twin sister Aoife have been getting a lot of the scores for us. And just in the hot day, we decided, look, we'll, we'll hold Caitlin back because she will make a difference when she comes on. Ellen Morgan started in her place and Ellen got a wonder point in the first half. But it's just having that depth in squad. Like Neve Enright was ruled out with COVID. Um, Michelle McGee's in the squad. She was ruled out that she was isolating as well. So there are a lot of girls to come back in. So we're, we're training tonight and we're expecting the buzz to be back last Tuesday night after the Derry game. It was as if somebody had died in the camp and we had to lift them again and go at them. So we just had a word with them and, and asked them to tell us what they thought went wrong and how could we fix it. Because there's no point us constantly telling them this is what you need to do. They need to understand why they're doing it and what has to be fixed. And that's what myself and Kayla are trying to put into their heads. There's plenty of people on that pitch. Make the decision, step up and go with it. We can't be telling you what to do every second minute of the game. You step up and be counted. And they did that against Carlo. Now, if we hadn't have won against Carlo, it would have been a complete uphill battle with Limerick this Saturday and then with a week off and then Wicklow. Um, but now we have basically our big toe into the semi-final that Limerick game is going to be massive. If we get over the line in that, then we would hope that we're safe and into one of the top four spots. But at the minute, Limerick, Limerick is, is another uh, battle that we need to go out and perform. And hopefully we perform for the full 60 minutes that we show and compete at the level that we can instead of 10 minutes here or there and then we're chasing our tails. So hopefully Saturday will will bring about a, an Antrim with belief back in it and a bit of team play, teamwork and all their leaders step up to play. 
Obviously, like losing to Derry in the opening round wasn't something you would have factored in as such. You would have been expected to win the game based on the two results you had against them earlier in the season too. But even though they went to the they went to the edge here in this game against Carlo before turning it on an extra time as well, it's even you're touched on the response from your squad in general because it's it's very easy in situations like that to throw in the towel, especially the hot conditions we've had at the weekend. And no doubt it was very tiring at the end of 60 minutes, let alone 80 minutes. So uh, for yourself and Kyle as well, maybe like the, the way they responded and stepped up to the place at that particular time is something that'll give you immense pride. The way that they stepped up in the weather, like I would say some of our girls, I would call them like fair weather horses that, that they do play better in the sun. Um, if it's a crap day, you're just going off, do we, do we play them or not? But they all stepped up. And to be honest, a lot of them probably aren't aren't used to that type of weather, like they're all like if you look at it, Kira Brown in midfield is only nineteen. The Taggarts are only twenty-one, or the core in the full back line. It was her twenty-first birthday on Sunday. So it is a very young squad. So I think going into extra time, Carlo seemed to get a bit tired, but again it was a knockout punch that we did bring it back and bring it to extra time. But our fitness started to show. I don't know if that was because our girls prefer playing in the sun, not that heat, but it was it was boiling and the way I get fried myself at it. But just maybe it's the youngness of them, the ignorance of them, that they don't realise, right, we'll do this. But they stepped up and that response, like we we were going, looking at each other, going seriously, like again, again, what do we need to do? And we just said to them, you need to step up. And they did. Orly Core had a brilliant game. Kathy Carey maybe wasn't on the score sheet as much as normal. But her playmaking was brilliant. The Taggarts, once Caitlin came on, it was as if Aoife realised her, her left arm had been reattached <laughs> and away she went. So, um, Granny McLaughlin again. There was times that, that we just weren't getting the luck of the bounce or the pass was maybe going an inch too high, an inch too low, whatever. And then it all just started to click. And I think they realised we're not getting the rub of the green, but if we keep going, next ball, next ball. And the subs... As I said, we had six subs with us because we'd been hit by that many different things, injuries and COVID and stuff. And we had six subs and we were able to get them all on because of the extra time you were allowed five subs again. But it was brilliant um, and their fitness did show in an extra time. And to be honest, we have been working on fitness a good bit in each session and we're glad now that we have been doing it. It's, it's what got us across the line there. And the signs are there that Antrim are looking for a long, hot summer. As you mentioned, just needed a break. 120 minutes without a goal. You know, uh, whether one or two moments in normal time against Carlo. And then the break came. Teresa Mellon had the shot that was parried. Grania McLaughlin was there. And all of a sudden, the Taggarts were among the goals. Teresa as well. Cathy Gray getting a fifth. Like, I think I counted, was it 5-6 he scored an extra time or something like that? Yeah, yeah. We, we went hard at them. I think Carlo possibly only got the penalty and then maybe one point in the whole of extra time but again why wait the extra time do it in, do it in normal time um, to put us through the ringer I was I was getting text messages going seriously like we're having heart attacks our nerves are away and this was after the game looking at it goes your nerves were away but um, it, was, it was a brilliant game probably for the neutral and everybody else but um, ourselves and Carlo were put through the ringer Carlo obviously had put a lot into it. It was their first game of the championship and they're, they are a brilliant team. Our girls wouldn't be the tallest, but some of the Carlo girls were giants and I was going, 
just we we need to be smart here and and the way we play this ball if if it gets to our girl's chest you should be away and they didn't use some of the ball like we had majority of possession and we didn't use it we were coming out and we were shouting at the defense to right get your breather set up and the next thing it's coming down their throat again because it was just silly passes in normal play but all those silly passes turned into good passes in the second or in an extra time but again immensely proud of them and it's it's one step that we needed I think we just needed another another win and a boost to take push on um so we're expecting big numbers at training tonight. Hopefully, I know COVID is, is affecting a lot of teams at the minute. So I'm hoping COVID doesn't affect us anymore. Um, it's it's hard with girls possibly going like for weekend breaks and, and whatever and coming back that then you're weary of of where they've been. But it's on your doorstep as well. So as yourselves out working and stuff, you don't know um, what's about. You're just hoping that you're going to be safe and, and get out there. But... Um, we're we're hoping now that we will get a clean bill of bill of health and a full squad out for at least one of these games anyway. Um, Neve Anout has said she's she's going to be pushing to get back in the squad, but thinks she only gets out of isolation possibly on Friday. But Neve Anout is another Teresa Mellon and Emma Farron who doesn't stop running. I said to her, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe your body needs a bit of a break because she just doesn't stop. So if we get her back on Saturday, even for 20 minutes, um, it would be a bonus there as well. But no, um, brilliant boost for us, um, just getting over the line there against Carlo. But again, Wicklow um, didn't play at the weekend. They have the one win under the belt. Derry have the one win under the belt. We have one win under the belt. Um, Limerick have one win under the belt. So it's all level. So it is who's going to get the second and, and hopefully the third win there that will Obviously, first be fourth, second be third in the semi-finals. You want to get as high as possible. But yeah. And that's it, just coming to my final question as well as we look ahead to Limerick too. It's it's important now to build in this. You've touched on already that we can't Antrim can't be leaving these performances until late in the game. They have to bring it forward and hopefully as well you'll get a full deck or closer to a full deck every day as well because we certainly don't want COVID to be affecting any team. But it's important now, I'm guessing, Emma, to build on this result now and to put in another big performance against Limerick and at least an improved performance anyway and hopefully get the right result. Oh yeah, Limerick is massive game. I have to. I'm going to watch Derry and Limerick later on just to to see their setup and things like that. But no, the, the fight and the competition in our squad. Like we're bringing in minors to compete again. So girls know if they're not stepping up, they're not getting a position, and that makes our training even higher intensity again. But again. There is no point in us going and playing flat out Brian football and training for 60 minutes if we can't transfer it onto the pitch. So we are, we're looking for consistency. We're looking for leaders for the full 60 minutes, both off the pitch, on the pitch. We just want girls to step up and show what they can actually do. Antrim is full of a lot of talented girls. Like if you have seen any of the minor games, I think one was streamed a couple of weeks ago against Armagh and five of our girls are, are in the still minors and they were unbelievable. So if you see the talent coming through, we've obviously plans for the next uh, few years and all those minors are in our plans. And it's just going to push the rest of the actual senior girls on now because they have to step up. They have to be counted for. But again, it's the here and the now. Girls need to be able to step up now. We wouldn't have those minors in our squad if we didn't think they were capable and able of stepping onto that pitch to replace 
Anya Tuberty or Ashley McFarland or Kathy Carey or Grania McLaughlin, whoever it may be, they're all able, they're all capable. And that's what the good thing is about Antrim. We might be losing a couple of good names due to whatever reason, but the talent is there to push on again. And it's just getting that transfer to get the transition from all the age groups coming up that, that is easier to go into the senior team later on. But for the here and the now, we need 60 minutes of performance. We can't do 15, 20 minutes and then we go to sleep for 10 minutes and let the other team back in that then we're trying to go again. We're trying to get them to work in their 15-minute periods, get to the water break and not go to sleep at the water break, go again and go again and go again. And it is, it's just trying to get that momentum and efficiency and consistency um, throughout a full game. I think that's our biggest challenge. Um, we have been on top. In a lot of games, the Leitrim game in the league, we were on top and then we fell asleep and let them get in again. And it is just sometimes when you get on top, it's as if they go to sleep and think, oh, we're well ahead. They'll not catch up. Well, yes, they will. If we go to sleep, we need to keep going, keep going, keep the scoreboard ticking over. So we'll be working on all those small things this week in training, getting ready for the Limerick game. And then after the Limerick game, hopefully we'll get points on the board that then we'll go and we'll have two weeks then to focus on Wicklow and again, reset and go again. But it's every game as it comes, even against Derry, I would be completely in the mindset of the last game doesn't count for nothing. It is the here, the now, on the pitch, what you're going to do, that's what counts. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. That's, that's always myself and Kyla's main, mindset. You can't be complacent. So it's just getting the girls all into that mindset and we push on and hopefully we come out the right side against Limerick if we turn up and play the full 60 minutes. I think everybody in the county would be hoping for that too. Um, but no, it's it's a brilliant... We have a, back, a buzz back and with the minors and the under-16s doing well as um, in their games too. Like There is no reason why Antrim couldn't start pushing on obviously division four is overreach this year but the plans are there in place to push on for um next year and the following year and the following year with with all those young girls coming through and, and learning from the likes of Kathy Carey and um Tubbs and McFarland and things like that so who who else better would you want to be learning from there like Kathy Carey she's still one of the best players in, in Antrim if not in Ulster like she's she's smart off the ball smart on the ball so them girls are, are learning something from her every single time at training, at matches. And just the way that she speaks, you can see them them looking at her with just the eyes wide open and the know if she's up for a game, we'll win it. And and that's the way it is. Like So, yeah, hopefully. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. That was the Antrim football manager, Emma Kelly, after her team's 5-22-13 extra time victory over Carlo. A big result knee for Emma Kelly. Like we, we talked about herself and Kyla as well as the all-female management team as well. And like Antrim, we know our contenders didn't look like a day one, but if extra, if they can bring that extra time form, as Emma mentioned, into uh, all, normal time in their next two games, well, certainly we'll be reassessing where they are in regards to potential Ireland Championship silverware. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, they, they look really impressive in extra time. And, you know, I suppose it's 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 funny, like, you know, from one week to the next, and we're so blessed that we have a game, a game a week. And I mean, you know, compared to 
the conditions the team played in last weekend versus the week before, like, I mean, God, it was night and day. Like, you know, um, I spoke earlier with Team Westmead the previous weekend. It was lash and rain in, in Mullingar and go to Mullinghorn last Sunday or last Sunday. And it's probably 29, 30 degrees. So it's such a step up for teams, you know, and it's it's very hard to try and vary the game to, to suit this really hot spell we're having at the moment and for teams to try and reserve their energy and maybe maybe some teams are into running running the ball the teams that can maybe kick it and reserve energy are, will will be more beneficial and Antrim is certainly a team that can do that and they showed that very much in their in the extra time last Sunday so um, if they can bring that form into next week they'll, they'll certainly be top in the group Emma touched as well about how the weather, current weather suits young players. Now, we're not quite sure what's going to hold out for the full weekend next week, but we're expecting it to be very, very warm anyway. As you mentioned about the style that some teams play as well, who who's getting the advantage of the weather at the moment? Is it the young team? Is it the fit teams? Or, or like, what if you were like managing a team, like even take your own 16s, what way would you be setting them up now in this weather? Well, I think, I think a team that can kick the ball, pass the ball by kicking, have a big advantage and run off the shoulder. Like, you know, not taken away from ladies, but if you look at Monaghan men, I'm probably being very biased here, but Monaghan men against Armagh last week played in probably 28, 29 degrees as well. And, you know, Monaghan did an awful lot of kicking early on, probably something we don't see them doing enough of. And I mean, the blitz to Armagh in the first half. So I think teams that can kick past, you know, from distance, it, it, you know, it, I mean, you're, when you're cutting out someone having to run, run with the ball 30, 40 yards or, a load of players, you know, coming out of the fence with a load of um, fist pass off the shoulder, you know, that takes up an awful lot of, of energy and uses up a lot of energy. And if you have a team that can kick from the, the back line into attack, um, you know, it, it saves an awful lot of running. As hot as the weather is at the moment, if it encourages more teams to kick the ball, we'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask to keep the child of Prague out for a while, which calls it, uh, and, and, and keep it going. Well, Let's... it's certainly called, it's certainly called, Darren, sorry for cutting in, but, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's called football. And I, I know me and you spoke, you're not a, a lover of the, the, you know, these palms, goals or fist passes over the bar, but it is football at the end of the day. And if it does mean that we can see more more teams kicking the ball, we'll we, we, we relish it. You've just given me a newfound appreciation for the hot weather. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move ahead to next week. Now, our Maggins Mail, we, we look at it a bit in next week's show because we want to zone in on three particular games. And because, Neve, these three games we're going to talk about are effectively, well, they are preliminary quarterfinals because there's no draws in ladies' football. They'll go to extra time. They'll go to shootouts if need be. We're down to 11 teams who can win the Brendan Martin Cup. By next weekend, we'll be down to eight. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we've got some really, really good games coming up over the weekend. And I mean, they're, they're all, uh, I suppose, as I look through the list here, especially at senior level, you know, it really is, um, it's going to be a really tough call to see who's going to come out on top of them. And um, I suppose it'll show with the team that wants it the most. This is real championship football and it's a knockout and it's where we want to be at this stage. Yeah, because definitely two of the men away that we've seen enough evidence to make us question our original predictions, and we talk about the other one in the middle in the in the minute that could actually give the surprise. Let's look at Donegal and Kerry first. Like the biggest criticism we ever give the Donegal teams is that um, you know, they they don't deliver when they're expected to, and. You could argue last Saturday was another example when they completely fell apart to allow Galway get a match-winning advantage. They're up against the Kerry team that were third favourites in the group, especially after their league final loss to Mead. But 
played well below their ability against Galway, still only lost the game by a point. And if they can find somebody to share the scoring responsibility with Louise Nimeir Hurtick, this could be a very interesting game in June. Yeah, you, you summed it up very well there, Darren. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, um, you know, that's the unfortunate side with Donegal. You can never, I don't know if you can say to use the word trust, but you, you can't really, you, you know, when it comes to the big occasion, I don't know what happens and whether it's psychological or what happens. Um, they just don't seem to, you know, we seem to be able to recover or maybe the lack leaders, I'm not sure. And, you know, they looked completely dejected after the Galway game last week. And I just thought their body language, um, Maxi sat on the grass after with the, with the group and they looked like it was very little conversation. Um, they just looked like they were completely deflated. Now, obviously, given um, the weather conditions, I'm sure they were absolutely deflated, everyone, and even someone standing on the sideline could be um, wrecked. But, yeah, it, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be really difficult for Donegal. I feel um, the carry the week away might have suited them better. That, that you know, it might suit them better having the week off and maybe got a chance to work work um, on a few things that went well for them against Galway and get a chance to see Donegal um, last week against Galway. So um, you'd feel I, I would feel even though I, I would always been we were all predicting Donegal. I just feel that Kerry coming into the weekend now Kerry could just have slightly got the upper hand. Yeah, and they're going to come in with confidence from what I've heard from down in Kerry. They're very confident that if they can perform, they can do well here. And just looking at like from 8 to 15, like uh, I, I questioned last week the selection and, and, and trying to find their strongest team. So like Anna Galvin, I'm assuming, will start. Hannah O'Donoghue has been given an extra week. Hopefully she's okay to be involved in the game as well. Lorraine Scanlon and Eve Carmody, they need to win the midfield battle, you'd feel. And all those things have to go right first before we even talk about our defence. We'll deal with the Donegal attack. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, um, you know, there's going to be a big Katie Heron from, from Donegal had a good game last week. So there's a, a big matchup straight away of Horn Lorraine Scanlon. And, you know, you could look at, at any of the of the, the forwards in, in, in the line of, um, you know, Ashley Desmond maybe going to pick up Karen Guthrie and Coach Lynch um, maybe going to pick up um, Jerry McLaughlin, like, you know, I suppose looking from a distance, that's possibly what, what could be the matchups. But if, if that happens, you need... The, the other Kerry players to really step up because their their hands are going to be full. So you, you need all the other Kerry players to step up and and as you said, you know Louise needs more more backing and more more scoring more other players um, with scoring exploits. I think we both agree that if nobody steps up to join Louise, Kerry aren't going to win this game. She can't win it on her own. No, definitely can't. And I mean, you know, if if you were a Donegal, you know, team, you'd be looking at potentially maybe, I don't know, uh, putting in a sweeper maybe to stop that out, or maybe maybe Kerry would be looking at a sweeper. It's not it's not something that I suppose is more renowned for Ulster teams to be doing that kind of crack. But um, you know, uh, it, when you look at the way Nicola Ward mopped up and, and did such a good job last week, maybe Kerry will be thinking that maybe um, a sweeper could be an option. Now, there was always a chance Donegal weren't going to win this group because like Galway have been consistent. We've mentioned that already. But now we're looking for the real Donegal to stand up. And even to take a, a point you touched on there, like you'd be right in saying this, we can't, Donegal have done nothing to allow us to trust them. Like just remember the championship two years ago where there were red hot favourites in the group and they completely fell apart and, and finished bottom as well. Like Donegal have to step up and be Kerry, but also have to step up with the mentality that, you know, the winners of this game are taking on Dublin and they have to be up for that challenge if they win. And I mean, th- that is the thing, like, and I mean, we saw them last year in the championship and, you know, ran Dublin very well. And, you know, maybe a couple of decisions here and there and the freaky goal, you, you, they could have been, you know, they could have gotten the, the win over Dublin last year. And then, you know, as you said, the, then the flop in the next game. Yeah, you, you look for, I, I don't know, like maybe, you know, I've talked about other teams being 
you know, lacking leaders. Maybe it lacks a few leaders. And when the, when the chips are down, the all heads go down. And that was very evident last week um, when the goals, and I know it was, it was such a blow for any team to concede three goals in, in right after halftime um, in, within two minutes. And it, you could see, when the, even when the first goal went in, you know, it was, it, the second goal came off a bad kick out, you know. So it, it just seemed like the whole, all the heads were down and they nearly were walking out um, with, with their back teeth from McCulgan. So, you know, they, they need to step up. And if, if you know, the players like Louise, maybe and Hanno Dunn, who got a sniff of a chance like that, they'll put them away. At the other end, like when we talk about them every week, the Neve Hegarty's, the Karen Guthrie's, the Geraldine McLaughlin's, the Neve McLaughlin's, the ability that they have going and attack on paper, and I say on paper deliberately based on what we saw in Crow Park recently against Mead, Kerry have accomplished defenders that can, can perform. They're due big performances. They did concede to 11 against Galway as well, so we can't get, let them off fully for that performance as well. These Kerry players like the Ashton Desmond, Sakira Murphy's, you know, the Kaylee Cronin's, Scott Lynch's, and Ashton O'Connell, Kira O'Brien, just to name out the six of them, they have to perform like, you know, because, you know, they can't afford to win three battles out of six. They have to be winning four or five. Really do. And I mean, you, you mentioned Neve Hegarty there and Nicole McLaughlin, Neve McLaughlin. Like these players, you know, have stepped up during the league and, and they've been very impressive. Um, and, you know, if, if they think that by stopping Jerry and Karen, that's that's the job done, it, it certainly won't be. But Donegal will have to make no mistakes. And that's something that, you know, they're guilty of. Even when they were on top in the first half against Galway last week and, you know, going into the half um, by whatever, four points up, five points up at half time five points up at halftime, you know, they still made an awful lot of mistakes. They could have been 10 points up at halftime. And like, you know, Donegal will have to minimise those mistakes and, you know, Kerry will have to force them to make more mistakes. You know, so I suppose it's that catch-22 of, of which which team is going to make the least mistakes or, or force the team to make make more mistakes. So it is going to be an interesting game, but um, I unless um, Donegal can really perk themselves up this weekend, as I said, from what I saw of their... their Body language um, after the loss last week, um, Maxi, uh, including the management team of Maxi and, and, and Co., um, they'll have a, a bit of work to do to get them back up, to get the team perked up, back, back up for the Kerry game. So, based on what you've seen now so far, are we sticking with Donegal or is are Kerry about to turn their season around? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, I'm sort of, I'm, we're talking about the, the Donegal team that flops on the big occasions, and then we look at the Kerry team that got to Crow Park and flopped against Mead. You know, it, it's kind of a really hard one to, to call. Um, I feel it's going to be very, very little between the two teams. I don't think it's going to be one team by by four or five points. It's going to be very, very little um, between us. Might even go to extra time. And I just think maybe Kerry might have the upper hand. Oh, Kerry getting the nod ahead of Johnny yeah. Goldie. That's one that we'll be talking about next week if it materialises. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, but I think you're right. Like you know, there are two teams that we lost soul searching on whoever loses this game based on opportunities that they've let go over the season as well. It's a big game in tune. It takes place this Saturday. I think it's live in TG Car as well. Let's move on. Mead and Tipperary. Like we're talking about a Mead team that are Division Two League champions that will feel and rightfully will feel that they could have gotten something from Cork against the Tipperary team that are just going through and Anna's horribilis. This Mead team, we've we've certainly um, bumped them up over the last year or so, and, and deservedly so. They, you know, as you said, they're, they're league champions, and they they came up from the intermediate last year. Um, but I, I wasn't as as disappointed with Tipperary. I wasn't 
Tipperary really weren't as bad, maybe, if that's fair to say, as I thought they would be. I thought they did an oak at times, they won some of the battles against Cork. Uh, you know, obviously, Cork had, had you know, had better quality of players and, and definitely, um, you know, finished the game much stronger and had, you know, great players come off the bench. But um, Tipperary really had some good performances from from Lauren Fitzpatrick and goals. She made a couple of saves. You know, she conceded six in the end. Roisin Howard, uh, Caution Kennedy, Neve Hayes, Angela McGuigan, um, you know, Maria Curry at full back. So they certainly had a few areas where there weren't, and then obviously Ashley McCarthy as well, a few areas, or sorry, Orlo Dwyer, I mean, um, a few areas where they certainly um, didn't look, stepped up to the mark and, and didn't look as disjointed as I, as I expected them to be. But of course, like, and it's it's important to Tipperary coming in like that and come and trying to compete. They've been his hard with injuries. Their confidence is understandably low after poor form they've had in the relegation. But as you say, there they look better than the scoreline suggested. But did you see enough to suggest that, like, they would have targeted this game and this could be the day that Tipperary launch into twenty twenty one? But did you see enough to suggest that they they can compete with this meet team? Probably not enough, Darren. Um... I just, I suppose maybe I was pleasantly surprised that I, I thought when we take Ashton Maloney out of that, of that group, I just thought that they would be totally disjointed. And I just was probably, for the sake of football in Tipperary, I was probably um, happy to see that they weren't absolutely totally disjointed and that they had some passes of good play and some good performances from certain players. Um, but unfortunately, when you look at the me team that's that's flying high at the moment and you know, you, you talk about the, the, the Emma Duggins, Vicky McGinn's, Nevo Sullivan's, the Emma Troy, you know, Monica McGorkin goals. You talk about these players, Moro Shocknessy, that I just think, um, you know, Mead have got the better quality and more quality players that they will, I would feel they'll, they'll have the upper hand. On their form, they have to be red hot favourites. Like, you know, and, I, and I'd agree with you, I think they will get the job done. But then again, Mead now all of a sudden are coming into a senior game as favourites because their form has been good. They've won a league title. They've won an Ireland in Crow Park. A Tipperary team, low in confidence, similar to like the Waterford Camogie team before down uh, last weekend in the Camogie. And they have to step up as well because if this game doesn't go right for me, the whole thing could very easily unravel. Yeah, and I mean, if they if they come into this game thinking they have it in the bag and, and they're looking past it by any means and looking into the who they're playing in the next in the quarterfinals, they will get a rude awakening. And that's that's my point about Tipperary. They they they're not as 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 disjointed as I thought. And if by any means Eamon Murray and his backroom team have to ground the girls because you know you said it there, they're red hot favourites. Everyone's talking them up. Everyone's talking about the the great players to have. And if they, you know, sort of believe all the plaudits and forget to play. Tipperary will, could definitely give them a shock because I mean we've talked about Tipperary you know over the last couple of years and they've been the team that you know have come up from intermediate and, and have, have stepped up at times and you I mean remember it's only two short years ago when when Tipperary beat them albeit, albeit a, a different Tipperary team beat them in the intermediate final so if they by any means look past the game um, they could be in for a, 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 a bit of a shock but um, I think I still think Mead have the, the upper hand and better quality players and even I was just going to make that point as well that if if anything is going to ground me for this match, which colours it's obviously that the hurt of that whole Ireland final defeat because Tipperary have beaten them in the very recent past. Definitely, and I mean as I said, you know maybe a different Tipperary team, but still, you know that Mead will still have to be hurting for those losses. And you know the, the you always say that you learn, you know uh, it takes losing a final to to make you realise what you've won. And I mean you know Tipperary or sorry Mead have 
obviously lost that final, lost two finals, and you know they've really relished in winning that intermediate last year, and you know they're showing showing that, but they could get a rude awakening if they start looking past these teams. But I don't think, you know, I don't think the 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 management team will will do that, and I I, I would I, I would presume they'll have their players well grounded to, to know that this is a match in front of them and don't be looking past it. It's a Friday night game live on TG Car half past seven. The winners of that match take on the winners of Armagh and Mayo in the quarterfinals. All the fixtures will be up on sportsdas.ie during the week. They are out. I just don't have the hand at the moment. Let's look at the last game, Lee, before we wrap up. Waterford against Tyrone. Two weeks ago, we pretty much Waterford marked down to win this game. I'm not too sure now. Yeah. <laughs> we were, our predictions could be all off the wall now altogether. Yeah. Yeah, Waterford were, I suppose, were a bit disappointing last week. You know, um, you know, it's, it's hard to criticise them too much when you're when they're playing a side like Dublin. But you know, there weren't a lot of mistakes, and I mean, you know, like any of these underdog teams playing the big names, you have to minimise your mistakes. And I mean, Waterford made a lot of mistakes and a lot of you know silly ball, giving the ball away an awful lot. And if they do that against against a team like Tyrone and, and players like Nevo Lee, Nevo Neal and Eve McGurr and, and Chloe McCaffrey, they they eat that up all day. So I mean, um, it's it's a game now that's it's hard to know. I mean, both I would feel that maybe Tyrone maybe slightly put up a better performance against Dublin if you compare the two two types of games. Although there were different types of games, but if you compare them, you'd feel that Tyrone might have um, a little bit more form coming in. I asked you this before in the show because these are three teams that have just played their first match all losing and two of them very, very heavily. But because of the short gap between league and championship, you were reckoning before when I asked you it shouldn't be that much of a factor. Do you still think that based on what we saw, especially from Waterford Tipperary? Yeah, I still think it shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't be. But I suppose, um, you know, both teams had, hadn't got great league campaigns. So you, you'll have to take that into account. You know, then they hadn't much to, to, to step up from. Um, at the end of the day, championship is a different thing. And I know, you know, I said there wouldn't mean that much of a difference, but at the end of the day, championship is the big one. And it's, you know, it's the one you, you want. And I suppose both teams, both Waterford and, and Tyrone, would have been looking at each other uh, to be the team that to try and get the win over. I suppose, you know, both teams would have been looking past Dublin, if you like, for that reason. So, you know, now they've got the opportunity. Um, you look at you know the scoring differences. Um, obviously, Dublin scored two eighteen against Tyrone. Uh, scored six six fifth uh, six twelve was it against uh, Waterford yeah. last week? So uh, Tyrone scored one eleven against Dublin. Waterford scored one ten. So very little in that side. So you know it really is. It's going to be um, a toss up of, of which um, which set, set of forwards is probably most on top, and or which maybe midfields on top, and what set of forwards um, can minimise their mistakes and. Uh, you know, I suppose score on every opportunity, and that's that's the whole team in any of these games. And um, they have to be be willing to, you know, not make mistakes and and sort of um, put away all the chances. You mentioned Tyrone attackers a moment ago, but if you look at the Waterford ones, Maria Delahunty got seven points against Dublin. Emer Fennell scored one two as well. They need others to step up. Alien Wall didn't get scored. The Murrays need to get more involved as well. Um, do Tyrone have the defenders to deal with them if they kick it to gear? Yeah, well, um, yeah, definitely. Um, Katie and, and Emma Murray had had a quiet game by by their um, by their uh, standards um, last week against, and I mean they were very good against Dublin last year, and I mean I suppose maybe maybe Dublin earmarked them to be the watch players, but yeah, I suppose the the Tyrone defence, um, you know, we, we saw them in in the in the in the league early in the league, and I know it's, again it's back to be different, but they were very poor against. Um, 
again, Monaghan that day, and I mean, Monaghan opened them up very easily. Um, I'm sure they've tightened up their things in, in defence since that. And, you know, Tori McLaughlin in, in the centre of defence there with her, um, and captain of the team. And she'll um, certainly be trying to pull the strings there and, and keep um, make sure there's no um, no easy routes to goal. Tyrone have two, two positive performances. Yes, they lost to Dublin, but they'll still consider it a positive performance. And of course, the goals galore that they got against Wexford. In their attack, obviously, you mentioned the two Neves in particular, Chloe McCaffrey, like, or there's potentially three Neves in the Tyrone attack. Like, they also, same, it's kind of the same question asked you about Waterford. They have to make their presence felt. And of course, with Tyrone in particular, you'd feel they have to make their presence felt at the start. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, 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 the really star had a very, very good start against Dublin that night. And I mean, they have to, um, which was is back to what we talked about the the, the warm summer. They broke down the Dublin defence by kicking the ball and kicking it at, at pace and running off the shoulder. And you know, I, I keep saying this, and I mean, trying to get my under 16s to do that. But you know, it, it'll stop. The, you know, a blanket defence, any kind of defence. If you can kick the ball and run off the shoulder at speed, it'll stop. No team can stop it. And if Tyrone can continue to do that, and you've got those players inside like Neve and. and Chloe that's well able to win balls, strong girls that can, you know, hold the tackle. And if they can lay it off to the runners like, you know, Neve McGurr and these players, they'll, um, they'll and, and, you know, get scores off it. it. It wouldn't be long to see, you know, things perk up for Waterford, or sorry, for Tyrone and Waterford to, to heads to drop. Tyrone will be hoping for good weather and the tactic to work longer. Waterford rarely put two bad performances back to back to give them their due. The question is, Neve, quite simply, who is going to qualify to take on Cork in the All-Ireland quarterfinals? Well, to be honest, I, I, I suppose I, I'm, I'm contradicting my predictions early on in the a couple of weeks ago. But I, I, to be honest, um, I feel that maybe uh, Tyrone could win this, and I just think, you know, I was impressed, and I just said it there. I was impressed that their their passages of play against Dublin, and I know they couldn't keep it going. And I mean, when Dublin go into that second gear, they certainly clicked in, and there was nothing nothing um, Tyrone could do. But if they can win enough ball around midfield and get enough ball into um, into the two girls inside and and kicked and at speed, they could definitely cause damage. And I think Tyrone could have the upper hand in this one, um, which has totally changed my earlier prediction. <laughs> Three games we previewed. Neve Kenton has done a U-turn on two of them. There'll be some interesting conversations here next week in Sports Dance <laughs> Football. Neve, before we go, uh, well done again on the victory against Cavan with the under-16s last Friday night. Uh, Sue Carr had been announced as sponsors of the Hashtag Gaelic for Teens programme. Great initiative from ladies football to get somebody in to get behind a project that's geared towards keeping girls involved in sport and building towards the future. Yeah, brilliant. A great, um, a great boost to the association and, and you know, Gaelic for Teens is, is a very important uh, very important, and I mean, even that program um, that Anna Geary uh, did last week. I was watching it about why girls quit sport, and you know, it's so important to keep um, girls in at, at those ages, 16, 17, 18 is the is the key ages to keep them playing sport and keep them in the GA. And I mean, Gaelic for Teens is, is a great initiative to keep that, and um, a great boost. And I, I think a lovely extra to um, the sponsorship is the the golden boot. I think it's a it was around a couple of years ago. I think Puma sponsored it back uh, maybe ten years ago. And uh, I think it's something that I think Cork Staunton won, won it probably for a few years in a row. Um, but it's uh, it's a good thing to get back in, um, you know, a nice kind of a, you know, I suppose a personal accolade for these players that do a lot of scoring for teams.
almost certainly as well because it's important to make stars as well too and create initiatives suit carry golden boot and all that's it for the show what another busy show we've had we know five of our quarter finalists in the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship two of them in the All-Ireland Intermediate Football Championship the junior is a bit to go in the round robin stages but next week we will know the eight quarter finalists in both senior and intermediate I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stars Football. Hope you enjoyed the show. Check out the third half. Uh, Jerry Fahey, the Galway football manager, is on that. And myself and me will be back next week to talk more football. With that being said, we say thank you very much to my co-presenter, Neve Kendlin. Thanks, Darren.